Brothers! What we do in life echoes in eternity. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Officer, you need to repent of your lawless conduct. You don't know the law, and yet you pretend to represent it. That's not law enforcement, sir. That's being a thug. We will not stop fighting and bothering you all until this monstrous, barbaric practice of legalized abortion ends and we are teaching our children to do the same. God's word says that the shed blood of innocent humans cries out for justice and mark my words, they will have their day in court. Nobody gets saved by being treated nicely. They get saved by hearing the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. If we don't open our mouths and commend Christ, we're not loving Him, no matter what we're doing with our hands. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Provoked. We're so glad that you've tuned in to us. I'm here with my beautiful, stunning... Um, I called you daughter last time for some reason. <laughs> Sister makes, Desi. Makes me feel young. Thank you. It feels so weird when you're not on the show. Aww. I just feel so weird because we've been doing it together for so long. Yeah. Like him and I did an episode on Kenneth Copeland. It went well. I yeah. mean, yeah. thank God for Jake, but yeah. it just feels weird without yeah, you. Yeah. I feel the same way. Like when I had, it was um, Dennis and Bobby on and you weren't there. I just, I'm like, uh, <laughs> like yeah. I get kind of really awkward. Yeah. You, oh. We just grown to, I don't know feed off one another so then we have our brother jake he's been a tremendous help for us a total godsend this year Mm -hmm. um we've had an extremely difficult year to start out unfortunately so he's been an incredible blessing to us it's been awesome i've said this before but i love provoked so it's just awesome to be here and contributing and helping yeah love it yeah i think our shows going back and reviewing them just uh the addition of you and and uh, what you bring here is just made everything so much more qualitative um, mm-hmm. Yeah, everything I've been praying for. So thankful re- for you. I really love the Kenneth Copeland uh, episode you guys yeah, did. Yeah, that was that was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. watching watching some of those clips, like man, I, I mean, you know, like I, I referenced it, but laugh. I'm like trying not to laugh, but I'm also like this really needs to be addressed. This is leading people astray. But yeah, man, it's hard not some to. Some of the ways he things he says and ways he talks. I'm like, yeah, so much stuff in the care. I was just watching videos in the charismatic church of like. Uh, you know, these greasy salesman, conmen type of preachers, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Creflo Dollar and, oh, yeah. um, you know, all Furtick. these guys. For, yeah, Furtick. But, um, yeah, it's like I, I can't listen to these guys for half of a second before I just kind of want to vomit. I mean, yeah. kind of the mind control they have over the crowds oh, to man. get them to do things. And it's just, it's, it's sickening. Yeah. yeah, you know, it makes me think, um, we forgot to play that clip on the last one, but I'd like to interact with this clip that uh, one of our listeners sent us on Instagram. What you just said reminded me of uh, of that of that guy that, do you have it pulled up? Still? Yeah. Okay, so maybe we can listen to that. Oh, and cool. Then, yeah we will do that quick sweet so before we get on on into our show and what we're going to talk about um just want to encourage you to please go to apologiastudios.com and click on to become an all access member because you're going to get a sweet education there's bonds and you there's just so much there's thousands of videos hours and hours and hours of just a whole body of work that apologia studios is is um 
you know, put together and produced. It's just second to none. So please do that. And then as you do that, your financial support and your prayer support will help keep the keep the boat going yeah. and the, the tribe growing type of a thing. So please go ahead and do that. Um, make, make, makes me think too, how, how much do you think we spend like scrolling on different things like Facebook or Pinterest or, you know, other, sometimes there's like good things, recipes and you know things that are profitable. But a lot of the time it's just like candy crush. Mindless. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. mindless. But yeah. like imagine, okay, if you're like, Instead, every time you get the urge to go just do something mindless like that, you're bored or you have a moment here and there. Uh, what if you went to Apology Studios and you listened to a lecture or, you know what I mean? Like how much more edified would be? Not that we can't ever just relax and look at something, but how much time is really wasted on oh, a tremendous um, amount of time. Yeah, social media when you could be getting fed and growing yeah. and maturity and knowledge. So, And, and one of the things I love too is you – you can just listen to the stuff. So exactly what you said. Yeah. It's not like you can you can be whatever, cleaning your house, going on a walk, mm-hmm. whatever. You can be doing something else and still being uh edified, mm-hmm. encouraged, trained. Right. Uh and you know, and you're you're doing something profitable. You're you're really helping to further the kingdom because you're, you know, contributing to your own spiritual growth. Yeah. And that's gonna you know, bear fruit in some way. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite things is we'll listen. My husband and I will listen to a lecture or sermon, like on a road trip, if we're going somewhere out of town for a couple hours. And then we talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like I really like doing that with my husband and yeah, just absolutely. hearing like what his thoughts on it. So yeah, you'll be super blessed by apology all access. And I know there's like more stuff coming too, which is amazing. Yeah. It just seems like there's, there's new segments all the time yeah just uh yeah god's blessing us so good stuff good people go do it mm-hmm. become an all-access member so we thought we'd kind of um just kind of get back to the basics a little bit i think it's kind of good to just uh drill down on the fundamentals and always be repeating those um i really appreciate pastor jeff and his preaching uh which is second to none the guy's like one in a billion don't mm-hmm. tell him i said that yeah. um but i like his repetition because as he repeats things it's drilled down into our understanding of things and that fleshes out in the body yeah. um in their theological understanding and their praxis the way they go about living their christian life so repetition of the fundamentals is so crucial Absolutely. so that's kind of the nature of today's episode it's really how to share the gospel in everyday life and i, I think a lot of people uh, don't know how and a lot of people want to know but they've it's never been modeled i mean unfortunately the vast majority of evangelical churches in the nation, the world don't evangelize. And I'm not going to start flinging mud or anything like that today. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just, they, they don't know, you know, you, you know, you only know what you know. And, and a lot of times you only know what you've been modeled. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we just want to kind of get back to that and we can kind of launch it from wherever you guys really want to launch this thing. But uh, if somebody were to ask you, how do I communicate the gospel effectively or evangelize effectively in everyday kind of life? What, what would you say? Mm-hmm. Um, I had something come up recently. Um, so I was at the, the park and with my kids and my husband and there was these teenagers that were there and they, you know, sometimes it's like teenagers, they'll just go and sit on the, the toys and the kids are trying to go down the sled. They were three young girls and, you know, they're probably like 14 or 15 and it was like twilight. And so I'm like, you know, you want kids to be playing and stuff. I wasn't upset that they were there, but I was like, okay, can you move a little bit so my two-year-old can get down the thing and kind of feeling a little like irk. But then I just felt like, oh, I should probably just talk to them about the Lord. And so I just 
just shared the gospel with them simply. And they were really interested. And one little girl afterwards was like, um, I didn't think I could be forgiving because I blasphemed. And so I got to talk to her about that, wow. which was, oh, wow. yeah, which was cool. But um, to your question, it's just the simple gospel message wherever God has you. Like maybe you're taking your kids to the park. Maybe you're going to the grocery store. Um, but it's being able to articulate the simple gospel message of Jesus um, to anybody and everyone. Yeah, your sphere yeah. of influence, yeah. right? It's having it be part and parcel to just your Christian experience. Because mm -hmm. we pray all the time, pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. But what if we can move evangelism into that category that we're yeah. actually, and it doesn't always have to be some really, I guess, uh, 15 minute gospel presentation. It's just sharing the truth when the opportunity arises and looking at every person as a fish that you want to catch mm -hmm. yes. as far as shining the light of the gospel on them. What you, about you? You talked about uh, prayer there. And I just, I don't think when you're talking about evangelism that you can separate the idea of prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, it just, it's, it is so critically important. Yeah. Uh, I think about the book of Acts. There's this uh, part in, it's in chapter four, all the churches gather together and they're praying and they're praying for boldness. And then it's, you know, it says like, like the, the, the building kind of starts to shake and then they go out from there and start preaching the gospel you know, out in the public square. And that has always just resonated with me of like, that's the pattern, you know, to pray fervently and then to go do it. And I think sometimes it's like, well, yeah, yeah praying's, praying's easy. You know, I, I can do that part. I'm really scared of getting in a conversation with someone and what do I say and how do I even bring it up? But I would argue the the prayer piece is so, it, it's, it arguably could be the most important part of evangelism mm -hmm. because you think about the gospel message. We were talking about this in previous episode. It is offensive in nature. Mm -hmm. People by their nature are going to hate the gospel message because it's a message that says you are a sinner, you know, repent of sin, trust in Christ. You know, you're no longer Lord. Christ is Lord. That it, to our sinful nature is so reprehensible that it's only an act of God's spirit mm -hmm. that will enable someone to believe that. Right. And if we don't, if we aren't fervent in prayer, asking for the Lord to open people's eyes, give them receptive hearts, mm -hmm. we can go out and be the f most eloquent preacher in the world and uh, just bold and to the priest to the masses and uh, God may not save anyone. Right. But this bumbling, stumbling Christian who's seeking to be faithful in this conversation at the grocery store uh, who has just saturated their life in prayer. And, and even before I'm going into the store, Lord, give me eyes to see who I may share your, you know, the truth of your gospel with. Mm -hmm. God may very well use that, you know? So I think, I think the importance of prayer just can't be overstated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it reminds me of the verse, God resists the proud, but, but gives grace to the humble. Right. Right. And I think it's a proud thing to think, oh, I could just go out there and open up my mouth because I'm like a silver tongued articulate person. And I, mm -hmm. you know, know all the theology that, yeah. that you could know thinking that I can do it without the Lord just right. as a means of persuasion or just, you know, because I'm so gifted, I feel like God will resist that. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of ministry happening that's resisted by God because you know, it really, it's not glorifying him and it's not depending on him because mm -hmm. right. in our praying, we're depending on him. And right. if you, it, it's hard not to get out into the public square and not be a prayer, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. because it's not easy. It's, it's fearful. Right. It's, you know, it's trepidatious, yeah. uh, but you're absolutely right. As a foundational element, if you're like, how do I start this thing? 
um, you're absolutely right. Prayer is essential. Huge. Yeah, I yeah. like what Ray Comfort said too. You know, you pray that God would give you more love and compassion for the lost because that will compel you. And I think it's also a mixture of like being ready to share the gospel every day in your sphere, but also being intentional. There's like a saying that says like, if you look at your ca calendar, that'll show you your priorities. Yeah. So setting aside time also to yeah, do crucial. evangelistic work. That's like great. my son and my husband go out Saturday nights, you know, they try to, you know, make that mm -hmm. a, an effort to do that. And that's that time set aside. Um, but also, like I said, being like open to not just, I can only share the gospel on Saturday night. Like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to only be event oriented, but it is important to have it events is. scheduled it too, is. because life gets busy. And if we don't make it a priority, then sometimes it won't happen. Right. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, yeah, we just have to know the gospel to be able to articulate it. Yes. Um, huge. One of these questions is, you know, who is qualified or who should be evangelizing? Um, and I would say the Christian that knows the gospel. So it takes some preparation. It takes some discipleship. It takes talking to your pastor and saying, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you teach me how to do it? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying you have to be, you know, a theological wizard or anything like that. So a lot of times we unfortunately celebritize individuals. And if we are not like this person, then we can't do it. Mm -hmm. And we right. just do that naturally. Yep. But I would say you have to prepare yourself to know the gospel. The gospel consists of essential non-negotiable components. And I've said this a lot on the show. Mm -hmm. And those things have to be explained um, and clarified in the gospel message for it to be the true gospel message. I would say, and I'm sure this is um, getting given to some argument, but it would be God is creator, God is holy. Mm -hmm. The sinfulness of man, the reality of judgment, the reality of hell, the person work of Jesus, um, his, of course, death, burial, resurrection. Uh, in that is the cross, centralized on the cross, um, the kingship of Jesus, and then um, God's command to repent, mm -hmm. right? And that's yeah. a basic structure of the essential components. Yep. But it's working through those things, understanding what those are, tying scripture, memorizing scripture. And then uh, I would really recommend and challenge you to write out a explanation of the gospel to John Smith, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You write it out on your laptop or your whatever, and then you commit that to memory and you're committing now the fundamentals, those components to your memory with the scriptures. And now you're equipped right. to be able to evangelize, but right. discipleship is huge. And I think it kind of answers this question and I, hopefully it's not out of left, out of right field, but do you think, um, kids should go to public school so that they can evangelize the lost mm. there. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, we may disagree here. I have yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, my, my opinion on that is I think all Christians, all Christians are called to go preach the gospel. I think that's clear in the great commission. Uh, we see that in Acts chapter one, verse eight. It's one of my favorite verses. You'll be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth all believers are called to go and be missionaries. You know, mm -hmm. we've like confined that term to just international overseas, being a missionary, being, being someone who carries the message of the gospel happens everywhere. And we need it right here within our own borders, just as much as they need it overseas. Mm -hmm. um, but when you start talking about, you know, your children, uh, I view children as the primary, you know, recipients of, evangelism that should be happening happening in the primary place of ministry which is the home mm -hmm. so parents 
discipling, particularly dads taking the charge in this, are really evangelizing and discipling their kids and preaching the gospel to their children. If you think about, you know, Paul, when he's writing to Timothy, he doesn't say, hey, Timothy, find some younger guys who don't really know what's going on and have them go plant churches. You know, no, it's what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to then teach others also. So there's this element of, I need to train my kids and help them understand the gospel message and pray fervently for their salvation. Mm -hmm. And, and then wherever they go out in life, they can go preach the gospel, but just like saying, yeah, go into this public school and be a missionary. You know, I I don't think children understand even what's going on in the first place. They may not even know the gospel in the first place. Right. Right. So to me, that sounds a little bit more like, and I know every situation is different, but to say, well, I'm just putting my kids in public schools so they can be missionaries. You know, it's like, are you really doing that? Right. You know, or is there some like self-assessment needed to say, how much am I actually discipling my kids? Exactly. To then have them get older and then go out. Because that is one of the one of the biggest or the central argument why people mm-hmm. or Christian people will say, "Oh, I'm sending them to public school so they can shine the light of Jesus." Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about that question before? I think you have. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I think there's some situations where there's not an option for certain people to like they have to go to a public school for mm-hmm. whatever reason in their sure. situation, and in that I think there's grace and. Uh, of course, God can use children and by whatever means he wants to save the lost. But I think um, that wouldn't be like the goal or the normative, you know, um, goal is to put your kid into a public school so that they can preach the gospel. If you if they have to go up to a public school, we would pray that God would protect them and preserve them because they're going to be just inundated with untruth Mm -hmm. um to me that's like taking your child and this is not to uh put shame or guilt on parents that don't have a choice but they have to put their kids in public school but if you have a choice i would say you don't send your child to be raised by god hating unbelievers and to call them missionaries when right now is their time to learn and be discipled and grow and it is our job to protect and disciple them um, so that would be my answer. That's good. And I think that's balanced and you're right. Yeah, we don't helpful. want to cast shade or shame or guilt. Nope. And we know there's circumstances with uh, divided families, financial reasons, and mm-hmm. it's just people are stuck. And mm-hmm. I think ideally, of course, we would not want the state to raise our kids, mm-hmm. right? right? Just because it's antichrist doctrines and ideologies and they're just going to suck that up like a sponge. Yeah. And like you, you had said, Jake, it's a time of preparation and discipleship. We disciple them mm-hmm. yeah. uh, before we send them out. I don't think there's a biblical example of kids evangelizing in the scriptures at all. Anyway, mm-hmm. it should mm-hmm. be training them, the father training them, and yep. then you send them out. That just goes to show you that, you know, that, you know, who should be able to evangelize. It's the yep. person that's being equipped. And yeah. it just, that, that uh, responsibility should fall on the national pastorate, the global pastorate, that we should be serious about equipping our people <laughs> in evangelism. Yeah. Like that's a pretty big issue to get them ready that's and huge. prepared. You know what, I mean? what does Vody say is like, don't send your kid to Caesar and expect them not to come back Roman. Right? Yeah. Don't send yeah. them to Caesar's pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> Little Caesar's pizzas. They're lactose yeah. intolerant. Because they're, yeah, that's, is that the saying? Is that what he says? Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't, yeah, we shouldn't send our kids to Caesar and, ex- and, mm. and expect that they won't come back looking like Romans. Yeah. You know, right. it's yeah. bingo. Yeah. That was um, it. I knew I kind of messed it up a little bit. That's, that's a great thing to wrestle with. That's, mm-hmm. that's a helpful question. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Continuing on talking about this this idea of evangelism, I think what we touched on with prayer and knowing the gospel yourself, that's a great base starting point. Because a lot of times people get into the practical. How do I do it? Just tell me what to say. You know, and those things. But if you don't start with those foundational pieces, you know, you you can be as equipped as possible and have all the head knowledge possible, but mm-hmm. probably not going to actually go do it. Yeah. And and that is the big piece uh, that I want to encourage people with is to is to go do it. There's this quote. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I haven't honestly read enough into him, but uh, D.L. Moody, who's like a really famous evangelist, I'm sure I wouldn't agree with every bit of his theology, but there's this quote. He was out street preaching, and I think it was a lady who came up to him. And this is, you know, it's like 200 years ago. And this lady comes up to him and basically is like, I don't like what you're doing to him. You know, I'm paraphrasing this, but I don't like what you're doing. I think this is the wrong way to do it. You know, we've heard that 10,000 times. Mm-hmm. And I love what Moody said in response. He's, he's, it was something along the lines of like, it's clear you don't like my way of doing evangelism. He's like, frankly, sometimes I don't like my way of doing it but I like my way of doing it better than your way of not doing it. Amen. You know, yeah. and I just, I love that idea of like, mm. I'm out here doing it. Cause we, you get feedback sometimes of, you know, going to the abortion mill. That's not the right way to reach those women. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to do it a different way. Yeah. And there's never, there's never a different way suggested, you know, but we, we just shouldn't do it. Yeah. And well, we are out there doing it, proclaiming the gospel. We have biblical basis for why we're doing this. Right. Um, so, so praying and preaching. I'm just thinking, I'll share it in a second. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Praying and knowing, knowing the gospel yourself is a great place to start. But um, I would encourage too, just there's such an importance and such a need for the local church to be involved in this. Um, I started doing this as well. I know you mentioned like being at a park, Desi, and like just out in everyday life. I started doing this a couple of years ago now. It's every every Friday or Saturday, depending. Uh, I'll go on a walk up and down my neighborhood, you know, and I'll just take my son or my dog or whatever, and I'll just pray for my street that I live on. And I did that before we moved. We were back in Michigan, and I, I do it now. And it's been amazing to see how many opportunities to share the gospel God has, has given, you know, even, whether it's me, my wife, my son's one and a half, so he's, but he's there. Mm-hmm. And just being out there, out in the world doing it but i would also encourage people not to like go be a cowboy either like just go do it yourself like being being connected with your local church Mm -hmm. if you have a passion for evangelism like talking with your pastor about that what Mm -hmm. what does this look like how can i be a part of encouraging our church to go do this i have a special burden for this what can i do and making sure that there's a connection that's why i love apologia like uh the saturday night thing going at mill avenue or preaching at the abortion mills those are great those are great places for people to go, but they don't even have to open their mouth at first. They can just go right. and see evangelism happening. And and then that then encourages you because you see other believers doing it. That then encourages you to find whatever arenas of life you're in to go proclaim the gospel. Because I know this from personal experience, it's really hard to just pull up your bootstraps and just go do it, mm-hmm. you know, without, without having other people around you who are already doing it. Sure. So that's why like, and this really comes back down to like being, being a part of a solid biblical church really is seeing other believers do it. Like a couple guys in particular that I really became close with, um, before we moved and doing evangelism at the abortion mill there. It's like, I saw their boldness. I'm like, okay, if they can do this, mm-hmm. I can go talk to my neighbor on, yeah. on Saturday or whatever, you know? Yeah. Boldness is contagious. Yes. Yeah. Right. You're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be in everything in relation 
everything in the Christian life should be in relation to the local church, mm-hmm. right? That's where, you know, your, your pastor should be leading out in the front yep. saying, this is how you do it. And then that emboldens people and it becomes just a part of their, you know, Christian DNA. Mm-hmm. You know, evangelism is just what we do. I've, I've been doing it since the Lord saved me yeah. rather than it be a real fearful thing. I love that with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like they have no fear whatsoever to go, go to the abortion mill. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yours that. either. Yeah. Because this is what daddy's daddy's here. Daddy's going to protect me. He's showing me how to do it. It's just been a part of my life. And in fact, yeah. like, it's like, if you don't do it, they're like, uh, you forgot to leave the track at the restaurant oh yeah like, what are you doing <laughs> yeah they're That's like so awesome weirdo <laughs> like if yeah. you don't do it uh what were you cracking up about <laughs> oh because you were talking about moody uh-huh. and saying hey i my way of doing it is better than your way of not doing it uh-huh. i was sitting on the um planned parenthood tempe right on baseline and uh I just sometimes I wave because guys will just come come by and give me the single mm-hmm. finger salute, yeah. and I'll just wave them back like that. Just come on back. Not that I want to fight them or anything right, like yeah. that, but it's well, like let well, me let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, a coward is kind of the guy that'll just flip you off and drive away. I'm like, yes. and I say that to the guys. So I'm like, hey, you know, I just want to let you know if you're gonna flip me off, why don't you say it to my face and mm-hmm. you know tell me what's going on, mm-hmm. and then. I think in like a two hour span, I had three different guys come back, which is insane because I've done that thousands of times yeah. probably now so yeah. for 13 years or something and three different guys in two hours. And I just simply said, Hey dude, you're, you're kind of being a couch, um, a uh, quarterback, Arm, yeah, armchair, armchair quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. And man, the, when I said that, those guys were like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they flipped out on yeah. me. One guy had his like, like uh, seat belt around his neck and like <laughs> yeah. just like tripping just because i challenged him in that area yeah. and he was just like wanting to come at me i'm like dude the truth hurts cowards don't hurt people so you're not gonna hurt me yeah, yeah and right. then they got really <laughs> upset at that but yeah. that's true and we've said that to so many people i mean hundreds of examples of um people coming out to the mill like you're doing it wrong okay and i've said it like in kind of like a little bit more of a aggressive than I should have. But typically I'm like, and it's, you know, more times than not a woman. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to put my stuff down and I want you just to stay here. And I want you to show us how it's done. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's yeah, um, just the way it goes. So we're talking about, you know, everyday evangelism and just, talking to people but can you make it weird can is there like ways you shouldn't do okay. it um so i want to talk about that because i i have things fallen, not to do yeah things not to do i would say uh i would start off with having like wisdom and discernment when to speaking to the other the opposite sex so thankfully yeah. for me i usually go out with my husband or with you you know like where if there was a man there to share then I would pull one of you guys over, but like, what would be your advice? Like if it's just you out there and there's a young lady or, you know, a woman out there, or Mm -hmm. if if I was to talk to a man and I was kind of on my own, maybe with a group, but kind of off on my own or something. Right on. You want to answer that and I'll I'll pick up? Well, just personally, you know, I've been out to Mill Avenue now a few times Mm -hmm. and I always feel hesitant. One of the ways that we start engaging people is just by handing out gospel tracks, Mm -hmm. which I think... I, I think there are few gifts in evangelism that are greater than gospel tracts. Like mm-hmm. they're just such a great way mm-hmm. to start a conversation. There's so many f- good, creative, faithful ones out there. Spurgeon has that quote about like, that's a great place to start, mm-hmm. you know? 
that's not what Spurgeon said. It was way better than that. But yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like he's like, if, you, use tracks. You know, mm-hmm. if if you don't do anything else, use tracks. So that's what we start with that of like, hey, did you get one of these? Or hey, this is for you, and hand them out to people. But when I see like a group of let's say like college age girls walking by, I always feel a little hesitant. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like. I don't necessarily want to stop because they have literally no idea who I am Mm -hmm. or what I'm doing or what I want to talk to them Mm -hmm. about. So I always feel a little hesitant with that. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's a group of dudes walking by or even if it's a guy with a girl, like I feel a little more comfortable with that of Mm -hmm. handing the guy a track and saying, hey, man, this is for you. And then maybe maybe she wants one, too, and then we can stop and talk. But um, I've always found like I've been out there with my wife before. It's like I would feel better if it was like. Yeah, my wife's handing the group of girls one, and I hand the guys one. Sure. Like I don't know, I just feel more comfortable with that. No, that's that's wise. Yeah, I know. agree. Um, yeah, I've made a ton of mistakes <laughs> just being a, a young evangelist and um, working for different churches and and trying to get evangelism. You know, trying to be really zealous, but it was a zeal without knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or um, a zeal without the caution that I should have had. So, trolley stations at San Diego, light rails are. Mm-hmm are our trolley stations. Yeah, so in- San Diegans call them trolley, we call them light rails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mass transit. Yeah. yeah. Perfect place to evangelize. I don't know if you've ever done it before. I haven't done in- that kind of evangelism. Be- I mean, I've had hundreds of conversations. I've given out thousands, tens of thousands of tracks. Because what you do is you have um, a group come in and they'll reject you and hate you, but they're going to move out when they get on the trolley and you get a fresh group of people constantly coming yeah. in. Yeah. And you some know. people are really receptive because they're sitting and waiting, literally having nothing else to do. Right. And so they they're do? like, yeah. I'll talk. Oh yeah. Know? And that's the key there too. So you go to a light rail station now, and this is in general principle of evangelism. People want to hear, what, they will be more willing to hear what, the, what you have to say if they're not going somewhere or they're not, um, uh, entering into somewhere or exiting. Yeah. So the the light rail, they're just sitting waiting. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's people waiting for something. They'll be like, okay, I got a couple minutes. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, can I share the gospel with you? No. Would, would you take this track? Mm-hmm. 99% of the people like who reject you will take a track. Mm-hmm. And you've succeed, succeeded there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I would, so light rails, it's like when they're going to get on the light rail, don't interrupt them. Or when they're coming off the light rail, trying to go about their own business, don't get in their way. Mm. Just wait until they're sitting there, standing there, whatever, and having a cigarette or something. Yeah. And then you just walk up and say, and I don't really do the baiting type of a thing. I just say, hey, I'm Zach. I do pull the pastor card mm-hmm. because it immediately gives you some credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I say, I'm a pastor in the area. I'd love to just share uh, the message of the gospel. They're like, what's that? Oh, it's a message of Christianity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but go ahead. And if I'll say, if, and if you're not a, if you're not a pastor, it's like, oh, I'm not a pastor. What am I supposed to say? Yeah. I would say like, you know, represent your local church. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm Jake. I'm a member at Apologia Church right here in town. You know, yeah. we're, we're out here sharing the good news of yeah. Jesus. You know, can Excellent. I, can I, can I share this with yeah. you or, or would you like one of these? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's a great way to start too. You yeah. know, it's not like, oh, I gotta be a, I gotta be a professional Christian. Oh, I gotta yeah. be a pastor to do this. Mm-hmm. Everybody's called to do this. Yeah. And, um, and, and there, there's such, I think there's like this wall of fear as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I could never go on a, a light rail and hand someone something, or I could never go out on a street corner or, or cross the street and talk to my neighbor. Oh man, that's so fearful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why I was saying like, find someone else who's already doing it and just mm-hmm. watch them. But then also the first time you do it and you kind of overcome that, uh, it's, it's amazing how much the fear goes away. It's, right. it's always going to be there. There's a level of, I think, spiritual warfare going on where like, 
the enemy doesn't want you to do this. Like mm-hmm. this is like the number one thing he doesn't want you to do. So there's always going to be that temptation not to. Right. But um, overcoming that and saying, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. Yeah. There's such there's such joy. It's oh, almost yeah. like It's almost like selfish in, in some way. Like there's such a joy that comes with proclaiming the gospel mm, to people. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like even going to the abortion mill, like when you show up, you feel weird when you're there. Sometimes it's like, this is not fun. But you're walking away and you're like, Praise the Lord. Yeah, thank like, you, yeah. Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's, I don't know, it's so edifying. It's yeah. so life-giving. Right. Yeah. I found God is most glorified us when we are most satisfied in him. Yep. Right. Piper. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, I found, too, just looking people in the eyes, smiling while I walk up to them. Um, I, I remember when I first started doing that, though, like, you're like, oh, how am I going to get this in the conversation? But mm-hmm. just being direct, like, my name's Desi. I'm here with my husband, Don. I'm a Christian and I'm, I would like to share the gospel with you. And then they're usually like, Oh, you know, um, so direct or using the paper missionaries, like, Mm -hmm. because, um, I've tried the other way where you're like trepidatious and it usually, I mean, it's okay. Of course, it's not a sin to be nervous or trepidatious and God will use us even when we're fearful. But I, I would say it's best to be direct and get to the point. Um, because it can get weird when you try to like, like bring it up some awkward way you're like at the grocery store you're like apples huh how about adam and eve you ever heard of them <laughs> oh yeah i've done that like, we're talking about mistakes yeah i've made so many mistakes yeah there's there's a yeah. way to be weird here we're oh yeah wanting to avoid yeah where yeah. you're like i go up to talk to before i had the wisdom to be like don't go up to a single guy by yourself and i'm like hi i'm desi and yeah how oh, hi and you're like oh no nope but, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I made the mistake. Yeah. Like I had a black lady be like, "Who?" Like looking at me like, "Whoa, what's what's up with you?" I'm like, yeah. Because I was like, "Ugh," you know. I was just like, like coming at face. Yeah. yeah I would, there was not like subtleties. <laughs> I was just like, you know, fearful and just like coming at her like that. And then yeah, out at the trolley station too, because I can't tell you how many conversations I've had where I've sat down and they just break into tears. Mm-hmm. Like before I even say a word. It's so weird. I've yeah. had multiple conversations mm-hmm. before just it was the presence of god it was mm-hmm. the move of the spirit where they just start breaking out in tears or you're going through the message and you've got like a a woman an older woman and then i'm touchy feely i'm just a really touchy feely i'm a hugger mm-hmm. and so now i find myself naturally i don't do it anymore but now i'm hugging this lady <laughs> that i don't even know yep. and then i swear she's like so you want to come over you know type of thing <laughs> And then you're like, oh, no. There's right. a fine line you're like, that to went, not cross. That yeah. went the wrong way. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll do like this, but I'm not going to. Sure. It's, you know, just to kind of comfort. <laughs> it's hard for me not to do that. But you yeah. don't want to. You're just rocking the, them <laughs> in evangelism because you, you feel like so compassionate. You could just go overboard and really put yourself oh, yeah. in a bad situation. Totally. Where somebody could take a picture of you, too, and mm-hmm. say, look at this dude. He's married with this chick. He's and, a pervert. Yeah. He's a pervert, yeah. <laughs> then we're kind of like offering just kind of a smattering of, of, of ideas here. But what, one thing that's coming to my mind as well is, uh, you know, we talked about prayer, you know, be involved with the biblical church, you know, know the gospel yourself, find someone else uh, who's doing it already and, and kind of tack on to them. But there's also this idea of starting as close to you and then working out. Jesus gives that pattern in Acts 1 verse 8, Jerusalem, right. Judea, Samaria, the ends of the, the ends mm. of the earth. And there's something to be said about that. You know, so it's like, who do I even share with? Where do I even start? Yeah. Uh, chances are there's someone who's very close to you already who may not know the gospel. 
mm-hmm. who may be very ardently opposed to the things of God or who simply just may not know and would really welcome a conversation about spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Like I've had this before with people close to me. Just they just there's just like not really a deep level of understanding about things. Right. You know, like so when you die, do you go right to heaven mm-hmm. or is it right to hell or yeah. is there like this intermediate even those kinds of questions you mm-hmm. know do you really think god created the earth in six days right. you know, yeah. all of those types of things and that's part of what you're saying earlier zach like viewing people viewing yourself as like a fisher of men mm-hmm. and viewing people in terms of their souls you know these are eternal souls who are going to live forever somewhere yeah. and you need to have enough compassion and love for them to to really be looking for those inroads and in conversations. And I've had people before say like, well, that's kind of, you know, you're just trying to, that's a means to an end. Like you're just trying to get somewhere in the conversation. It's like, well, the most loving thing we could do is care for their yeah. soul. So if you're talking with someone and I, I try to look for those opportunities to bring it to the gospel. Cause it's sure. like how, how, what could be more important than talking about that? Yeah. And right. a lot of times if you, if you get really good at listening to people, you'll start to see those inroads. You'll start to see those opportunities where you can kind of go a little bit further below the surface uh, and then bring it to the gospel from there. And it's actually like, it's kind of fun in some ways to do of like, Mm -hmm. okay, how can I get this conversation to the gospel? It's not, you're not manipulating people or anything like that, but just that's, that's something to think about too, is starting whatever family, friends. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, Ray comfort um, says, you know, I, totally believe in friendship evangelism. I'll befriend them for about 40 seconds, but God forbid I go longer without yes. telling them about Jesus. Right, yeah. Um, and then Liam actually got, you know, he goes out, he's 12. And so how he starts the conversation, and it usually works out great, is, hi, uh, what do you, do you think there's an afterlife? What do you think happens yeah, after we question. die? And he's gotten great. I mean, people will usually want to engage with that. Mm-hmm. And of course, some people are like, uh, I don't want to talk to you. But sure. yeah, I think that's a great, icebreaker and you're just straight to the point yeah yeah right so i love that yeah yeah good old living waters uh and another thing would be just i know we've said this before too of is watching people that do it biblically living waters is a great example mm-hmm. obviously apologia studios watching a, a lot of our on the street evangelism just watching it and hearing the biblical defense um as you're saturated in the word of God will prepare your heart and you'll start to notice there's patterns that people will say. I mean, there's a lot of things that people just repeat. You hear it every single time you go out, you know, Oh, I'm a Christian, but I don't really believe in organized religion, you know, or I I'm a Christian, but I also like Buddha, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like the same kind of types of things you hear each right, time. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, I want to maybe, or maybe land in the plane here, mm-hmm. share share a story that happened pretty recently in my life. It's super cool because I've really tried to be diligent and I fail. You know, you mentioned this too. I, I, I fail all the time in this. There are times where I know I should share the gospel and I don't. Mm-hmm. There are times where I feel, um, you know, like, okay, that went well. And, and then I just, but the person like didn't even hear it. Or I feel like I just bumbled and stumbled like, this is such a messy thing to do, but the importance is to go out, know the gospel, and 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 go get in the trenches, get in the fight, and go do it. Right. Um, and a lot of times when I've had conversations with people, I'm like, okay, I feel like that maybe didn't really go anywhere. I had one recently, a uh, neighbor who just lives across the street from us, just awesome dude. And I, I was doing those like walks every week, and through that, you just start to talk to people and talk to your neighbors. And 
uh, I don't know, just, I can't really describe it. God just put this individual person on my heart more so than other people. Mm -hmm. It's where I just started praying for him like pretty fervently. And, um, I, it actually worked out a few, few weeks ago where it, he, he said he was going to be leaving, uh, and he was, he was moving somewhere else and he ultimately ended up, didn't end up moving, but, um, I'm like, oh man, like he might be leaving. And I feel this like burden to talk with him about the gospel. And I had not done it. You know, mm -hmm. I've talked with him here and there, but just not, not done anything. So I was freaking out. I literally felt a pit in my stomach. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm so nervous about going to talk to him. So, but he might be moving away. Mm -hmm. So I need to go talk to him. So went over there, literally knocked on his door. You know, I'm like, I promise I'm not a Mormon, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like went, went and walked, knocked on his door opened it up. He came right out and, uh, just started talking and he had some recent health stuff that was going on. So we were talking about that. And then it was unbelievable how smooth things transitioned into talking about the things of God mm -hmm. and the gospel. And I'm like, if I can be honest with you, and I was just straight up with him. I'm like, God has really just put you on my mind and on my heart for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I just like really feel compelled to tell you this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not kidding. Like he starts tearing up. Mm -hmm. He, the, he start he hugged me, mm -hmm. uh, went and got him a study Bible. Wow. And he's like, I'm like, what well, kind of walking him through what it looks like to read through the scriptures. It, it, it was clear to me, like, doesn't have a really solid Christian background, but like his hunger for it. And to the point now where we're like talking back and forth, he's like, Hey, I'm reading through John. Can you help me understand this? Wow. A little more? And like, I've never had this happen in my life before. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, to where the other day I was just sitting in his, in his garage with him talking through the gospels Praise and what that God. means and, and those types of things. And it's not this superficial, like he truly can see the hunger in his eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think about that verse in Romans, in Romans eight, God calls people and justifies and glorifies them. Like right. I'm like witnessing the calling thing happening right now. Like God's drawing mm -hmm. this dude nearer to himself. Wow. Yeah. So that's, doesn't always happen. In fact, I would say it's probably not the norm, but mm -hmm just an encouragement for, for people listening in of you, you just never know how God is going to use that 30 seconds of courage yeah. of taking the step and saying, Hey, um, this is going to sound weird, but I just feel so compelled to tell you this. And this is, this is, God has changed my life. This is, this is the true message of who he is and what he's done in Christ mm -hmm. and his son. And the command for all of us is to turn from our sin to trust in him, like walking through the gospel of someone. You just don't know how the Lord will use that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Amen. hopefully it's encouraging. Yeah. Praise it, God, super encouraging. It would have never happened if you didn't cross the street. Yeah. Right. 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 So a lot of these opportunities, I mean, like all the fulfillment that we have and just uh, doing it, right? Being evangelistic, yep. heeding the evangelistic commands. Um, it all has to do with just walking across the street and in fear and trembling, like Paul yeah. said, I come to you in fear and trembling. It's just doing what we got to do. And then it opens up to relationships, salvation, God using us, but it really does take, and of course, all glory to God, yeah. right? Just Amen. takes obedience yep. to him and carrying out that which he's called us and commanded us to do. Yeah. Just yeah. reflecting on the love of Christ and what he's done in our life and, and using that as a motivator, as we meditate on that and the scriptures, to lay down our lives and our comfort to seek and save the lost. Yeah. Um, yep. Hey, I wanted to see if you would play that clip from the Instagram. I know we're kind of probably wrapping up here. So we got this sent to us. Uh, it's kind of a little off topic, but I just wanted to kind of interact with this. Yeah. It's one of our it was, listeners. I was going to say, as a listener, send yeah. it in. That'd be good to send. Okay, cool. Let's so, check it out. 
He says, why am I hated? Ever since I've gotten on this platform as a pastor saying things like, Black Lives Matter. We should fight for women's rights and equality. I love and affirm my LGBTQIA plus friends. Mental health and spiritual health are separate. And counseling and medication are good. The vaccine was an answer to prayer. Christians don't have to be Republican. We need to stand against abuse in churches and stand for victims. I've experienced a ton of hate and pushback. I've received death threats. I've lost friends and family members and professional opportunities. I've like doubled my antidepressants. But I think this is what Jesus meant when he said, they'll hate you because they hated me first. See, the religious establishment hated Jesus because of his inclusivity, because it threatened their exclusivity and power. And I guess I want to be the same. I want to be judged for the people that I loved, not the people I hated. So what do you think of that, Pastor Zach? So this is coming from a pastor. He says, why am I hated? And it's because he says, I say things like, Black Lives Matter. I love and affirm my LGBTQ plus friends. I'm fighting for women's rights. Yeah, well, he's hijacked the word like mm -hmm. we had talked about in yeah. the previous episodes, right? He hijacked the word love and he's mm -hmm. uploaded that with his own definition. That's not biblical. That's not the biblical understanding. Jesus was inclusive to people. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus loved people. He did have dinner with sinners mm -hmm. of course mm -hmm. but he never ever compromised the truth that's what we were saying before in john chapter one he comes with grace and truth um the woman at the well mm -hmm. what did he what did he say to her he loved her he broke down the stereotypes but what did he say yeah. essentially no he's like you're in sin you're mm -hmm. committing sexual sin right now right you, know, mm -hmm. you have five, five husbands, husbands. guys we're with it's not your husband we need to deal with that sin yeah. right you know so there's grace that he demonstrated as being god on earth but it was never ever um to the neglect or the compromise or capitulation of what the truth is yeah. and so that's what i feel like he's representing is do we love the lgbt community yeah of course we yeah. love them by telling them the truth that's because right. the truth will set them free right um if you embrace them and just say hey you're cool you're gonna go to heaven god accepts this and based upon a biblical worldview, you hate them. Yeah, that's you really right. Do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the G Jesus never affirmed people's sin, never once. He never said, "Yep, I affirm you sinning." No. Yeah. Show me in the Bible where it says that. Never. But you hear it so much in our culture of like, I just want to love like Jesus. Well, you love like Jesus by speaking the truth in love. Yeah, Jesus said something like, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. How yeah. inclusive is that? Yeah. If your arm causes, your hand causes you to sin? Yeah, that's what stands out to me about this video, mm -hmm. among many other things. That's, first and foremost, his his authority is not God's word. I mean, I think that's kind of the summary statement I would take away right, from this. And right. he's, he's using a lot of modern cultural talking points there. Even this kind of like Marxist, like, you know, People are being oppressed. We need to overthrow the oppressed, right. the oppressors yeah. to not be oppressed. But one of the things that stood out is, is like, this is Jesus was inclusive. Mm -hmm. Unless you believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins. I was just going to say it. I'm the way, the yeah. truth, and the life. Yeah. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. Don't fear man, but fear him who has the power to cast into hell. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the, the gate is narrow. The way is hard, at least to life. Mm -hmm. Those who find it are few. Yeah. You brood of vipers, how are you going to escape being sentenced to hell? Mm -hmm. You know, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Right. Not I mean, Jesus inclusive. was pretty in inclusive. He was pretty inclusive about telling people they're dead in their sin. And yeah. Unless you repent, yeah. mm -hmm. you're yeah. going to remain eternally dead in your sins. We're all included in that. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. You know, that's, good, good um, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah. for playing that. I just thought it was, I thought it was a good clip to interact with Definitely. because it's just very indicative of um, 
our culture's kind of talking points on Christianity right now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Well, we're going to wrap this uh, sucker up, <laughs> and uh, we're so thankful that you tuned in. Um, how to how to uh, proclaim the gospel? How to evangelize in everyday life? Uh, we would say, and just echoing what Luke or uh, Luke, Jake, <laughs> about the same height. Um, <laughs> prayer is huge. Yeah. Prayer is absolutely a non or an essential, a non-negotiable, something that we have to do constantly if we're going to be evangelistically effective know the gospel talk to your pastor say hey i don't know how to do this i I know i need to do this it's it's a driving desire in every truly regenerate christian there's something that it flows out of that heart of flesh that we have to get this gospel message out we have to be about this rescue mission that god has called us to be on so uh, we would say get trained go to your pastors and get out there in the field connect yourself always if you can uh, to the local church when doing so we god does not call us to be lone rangers cowboys like you had said Mm -hmm. we do that we open up ourselves to the attack of the enemy and all sorts of things but we would say if you have the spirit of god within you god has given you the power to understand spiritual things and communicate spiritual things and of course the gospel central to our proclamation it is the good news it is the power of god unto salvation that we should not be ashamed of so you can do it we can help you send us a message too if you'd like but we would say first and foremost talk to your shepherds get the training from them that you, that you need they should be willing to say hey um, let's sit down and, and talk to you yeah Amen. it's not a sin to be afraid too if you're listening to this and you're feeling convicted like i'm a christian i love jesus i want people to know him i want to evangelize but man i'm scared it's not a sin to be afraid no, uh, it's a real thing. That that's okay, but we we go out and we lay our lives down because Jesus is worth all of our discomfort. And as you do it, we've talked about this before. It'll be like when you first go to the gym and you're really hurting and you, it's really hard. But yep. as you do it more and more, those evangelistic muscles will get stronger and you'll be more confident. And uh, then you'll have days where you're like, man, I really was awkward there. That didn't go well, but. Even in that, the awkwardness, God still moves. And uh, like Romans one sixteen says, it is the power of God unto salvation. It's not Amen. if we're afraid. Amen. Yeah. yeah courage God. is not, yeah. courage is not the lack of fear. It's yeah. just doing your duty mm-hmm. in the presence of fear. Yeah. Right. And so it's just saying, I love you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Help me to go out and lay my life down and, and maybe be a little uncomfortable. And it's, it's all worth it for Christ. So. Amen. Yeah. Uh, so good. All right, right, folks, we love you. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. See you guys. Bye.